Hey, what's up, you guys? You're listening to Scooter Radio. It's Friday night. I'm Jack McRobert. With me, my good friend, Kieran Barge. Hey, what's up? Hey, how's it going? Ugh, um, not good. We just suffered sorry. through Attack of the Clones. Actually, that's a lie. We didn't even watch most of it. I think we skipped through... No. ...a lot of it. Yeah. Mostly Obi-Wan scenes, which was... I feel surprising. kind of guilty about that, though, because... We love Ewan. Yeah, we love Ewan, but... Damn, yeah. he's not given a lot to do in this, is he? No. The next one we'll watch more, but... Um... Oh, we'll watch the whole one, I think, next time. Yes. Yeah. But this one, it's like, I was actually really looking forward to this, and I was really positive about it, but now I was just discussing with you that I feel like, going back, I could actually watch more of The Phantom Menace than we watched, like, as opposed to skipping it, compared to this one. Which this, I'm, this one, I feel like I could, couldn't even watch that again, like what we watched. Which I'm really surprised by, because you ranked this higher than The Phantom Menace in your list. And not yeah, only that, but yeah. you, you've got like a... Well, you had, I think, a, a soft spot for this film. I do I do for like one scene, I think I realised. Which, which, <laughs> but, but it's such an important one. That's why it is. This, this film is really hard to review and really hard to sort of be harsh on, because it's obviously it's integral to the whole saga. It's so important, regardless of how much you, you know, bad mouth it, and the majority of it is, is crap. But like that scene with Shmi Skywalker, when like she dies, that's like, that's, I find that hard to watch. I genuinely find Mm -hmm. that difficult to watch. Um, It is probably the only good scene in the film. I mean, it's the only one that we shot up for. Yeah. uh, (laughs) The rest of the time we were just taking the piss. Yeah. Um, But that one, we were just like silent and you could feel the, the emotion in the room. Um, the thing is with these Skywalker saga reviews is that we've got to try and find something different to say about each one yeah. that nobody has ever said before. We do. Um, I think we tried that with the Phantom Menace uh, in talking about the positives. We don't want to do that again for this one. No, we want to slate it and destroy it and bury the past, kill it if we have to. The thing is we don't want to do that either because no, everyone no. has buried this film. Yeah. Um, so what I think we should go into is actually I want to interrogate you about your view because you have <laughs> such a unique view on this film i don't think anyone else really has or at least i've not seen anybody expressing that they have this opinion but you think of this as a character study yeah now do you want to elaborate on that or have you changed your opinion on that since we just watched it now no like for me as i've said before like the whole the whole star wars story for me is is the story of the rise and fall of Anakin Skywalker so you mm-hmm. know if you believe in that and if you're one of the people who disagree how the the recent the new recent trilogy has gone and it just you just find yourself thinking you know what it did end in return of the jedi for me then then you'll understand i think why you know this this film is still really important and and should be closer to your heart than you sort of you think it is you shouldn't i don't think you should disregard it straight away because there are some gems in there more than you know more than the um than the shmi scene because yeah for me anakin is the most important part of the whole of star wars so i'm fascinated by the character study of how he becomes darth vader and in this it's it's so important like the palpatine there's like a palpatine theme in the background of when he's when One he's talking scenes, about killing he, the sand yeah. people, yeah, um, yeah, you can hear Palpatine's theme in the background, and it's kind of almost like John Williams mm-hmm. is kind of hinting at the fact that Palpatine is manipulating all of this situation, the perhaps. Yeah, yeah. But I love that. I just love, I just love that background story of like him, 
you know, being a slave, and then he's almost being enslaved by the Jedi in this this film actually more than I realised. I feel like Obi Wan is a bit harsh on him, mm-hmm. um, and already not really giving him like the credit he deserves, being a bit perhaps too strict, smothering him. Yeah. In fact, that was one of the interesting things I found about Obi Wan's character in this, um, because yeah, for the most part, he he doesn't do anything of real substance. I mean, he's tracking Django Fett for most of the film and discovering this clone army plot. Yeah. Um, But there is an interesting thing with his character that it perhaps hints at the fact that he wasn't ready to become a master. Mm. Because if you look at the Phantom Menace, they're still questioning right up into the end, the Jedi Council questioning whether Mm. Obi-Wan's even ready to become a Jedi Knight. Uh, if he's ready to face the trials. Yeah. And obviously because of the death of Qui-Gon Jinn and because of um, the fact that he kills Darth Maul in the end, I think he's automatically um, kind of ranked as a master from then on because he mm. took down the Sith Lord, which is fair enough. Yeah. Um, but I don't think he was ready to be a teacher yet. And no, you I can don't. see that in this film and you can see that even he probably feels he's not ready because of the way he's behaving around Anakin, mm. being overly strict and being like constantly you know, hovering over him. Yeah. Uh, it kind of implies that Obi-Wan perhaps feels insecure and feels that he isn't ready. In the third one, he says, I've failed you. And do you think maybe... Take some blame. A part of it, yeah. I think he does, yeah. I think he knows that he wasn't mm. ready as well. So that, see, you get stuff, you get a lot of depth in it, but for some reason it's obscured mm. by a load of crap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same thing with Anakin. Like here, I think this, watching it the first time, it's not, it's not so intriguing, but it is when you look back at after Revenge of the Sith, because there's scenes, there's, there's, a, there's scenes in here, um, or should I say seeds, that are planted in this film, yeah. um, which come to fruition in Revenge of the Sith, like the premonitions that he keeps on getting. And we see in here that he's already developing a need or a desire to want to prevent death mm. uh, to his loved ones. Uh, and that's picked up later on in Revenge of the Sith. So it really kind of nicely ties together and plants those seeds. And they're even in Phantom Menace as well, where uh, he doesn't want to leave his mum. He's obviously mm-hmm. a character that can't let go of his loved ones very easily yeah. and doesn't like change. And that's I think that's something George Lucas said in an interview. The whole problem with Anakin in these prequels is that he has a hard time letting go of things. Um, I think he needed to be, like, counselled a bit more because he was... They did say he was perhaps too old um, mm. and sort of... He had all, too much baggage. Yeah. That was the issue. Mentally, had, yeah, had too much baggage as it is. So he needed he needed to be, like, I can't explain, not not smothered, but he needed to be handled with care, didn't he? I mean, he I was think. smothered in this, but in the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think Obi-Wan was perhaps too, yeah, it wasn't ready, because... A really interesting point you made mm-hmm. was about his um, arrogance. I don't know if maybe we should mention this towards the end and like go with the flow of no, the, we mo- just, the movie, but like we I can really just carry like, on flowing. Yeah, I completely forgot and really like the point you made about his his arrogance at the disbelief of what um, Darth Tyrannus was saying or Dooku was saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a scene where obviously Obi Wan is captured in Geonosis and um, Count Dooku comes in, mm-hmm. and he basically tells him the entire plot that Darth Sidious has. Yeah. He's saying that the Republic is under control of the Dark Lord of the Sith and that all these senators are under the influence of a Sith Lord called Darth Sidious. And Obi-Wan's just flat out like, I don't believe you. That's not possible. The Jedi would be aware of it. So it's like this hubris 
and this arrogance that the Jedi have, which lead to their downfall. And that's something that I think is a plus point now when you go and look at The Last Jedi. Mm. It refers back to the scene, this scene in this film, yeah. where Luke is like, the Jedi have to end because they're so arrogant and they allowed Darth Sidious to rise and create the Empire and wipe them out. Yeah. And obviously Luke did the same thing in his hubris. He failed Ben Solo. So it's a recurring cycle that keeps on happening, which is why he believes in that film, The Jedi, need to end. Mm. Um, so you look back and you can see that in Attack of the Clones, mm. uh, exactly what he's talking about. Yeah. Um, and that's a very important scene. It shows you that the Jedi were flawed massively. That. That's amazing. I so, love that. I yeah, like that. I like that. That's a plus point in this film. I think yeah. that none of the others really have. Probably, probably Revenge of the Sith, obviously, because that shows them failing to a, a massive extent. Um, but yeah, I think aside from that, Obi-Wan unfortunately doesn't have much to do. No. I mean, we mentioned some pretty big points there about his character, but the whole time he's, it's just this de- detective plot, isn't it? Of discovering these mm. cloners on Kamino. And aside from that, I, f- I feel bad for Ewan McGregor because he's constantly just acting opposite nothing. Yeah. It's all CGI characters. And then unfortunately when he's not acting opposite a computer, He's acting opposite Hayden Christensen, who is pretty bad in this. Um, I'd say the one scene where his performance rises, again like Jake Lloyd actually, funnily enough, is when he's acting opposite Shmi. Yes. So maybe she's such a good actor that she brings these <laughs> yeah. performances out of these guys, I don't know. Her Swedish charm brings yeah. it out of them, yeah. Yeah, because again, her scene was the most powerful thing in this film, like very much like The Phantom Menace. Yeah, I agree, I agree. Um, so again, in a probably n- not as a whole, you can't say this literally, but to us, I think, at least Shmi, again, is the heart of this film. Yeah. Um, but when you're looking at the film itself and I think what it's presenting to you, I think the heart of it is probably that mm. romance between um, Anakin and Padme. Yeah. Which, again, everyone's spoken about at length. Is, it is one of the most awkward romances in the history of cinema. <laughs> um, yeah, but um, yeah, man. And this, see, this is what I mean, right? I think this is the you can blame the failings of the prequel trilogy on Attack of the Clones because this was the film to really dig deep and build up the emotion uh, and build up the familiarity between the characters yes. to make Revenge of the Sith even more powerful yeah. than it is. Because Revenge of the Sith somehow still managed to get you to care. I don't know how because Attack of the Clones, I think, really fell flat on that on that level. Yeah. Because that that romance, that's... I don't know why they've struggled with these second movies, like in the new trilogy and Attack of the Clones, but yeah, Empire Strikes Back, arguably... Is the best of them all. Yeah. Um, that's the thing, The Last Jedi as well is another one mm. that you could level this criticism at. It doesn't do what it needs to do in terms of a second act, mm. which is really to deepen our bonds with these characters and get yeah. us to really care. Mm. Um, and that's something that's a problem with Attack of the Clones, and I think why yeah. the prequel trilogy fails ultimately is because, you know, it, it was drowned out yeah. by a lot of nonsense that didn't need to be there. Yeah. Because um, we're talking about pretty deep things here about these premonitions, about wanting to save people from death, not letting go of the past. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah premonitions in this one as well, which I completely forgot about. Yeah. I thought that was just pretty much Leading ha- up. happened in three with Padme, but. But yeah, yeah. So again, it's actually a very of... seamless trilogy if you yeah. look at it. It's just ex- again, as I said with the Phantom Menace review, it's executed badly. It's actually more Anakin's story is actually more sort of tragic and sad than than we think, depending on how 
depending on what you believe. Because if you believe that he's having these thoughts, obviously, by himself, then that's sad in sad its own right. It's like, you know, he obviously wants to go down the positive route in becoming a Jedi. Mm-hmm. But then if if um, Palpatine is, in fact, planting these seeds, like, like the theory that you had, mm-hmm. um, then that's even more sad. That's like he never had a chance... He never had a chance in the beginning, did he? You know, if depending on how he was created, Anakin, and, and conceived. Because he could have been created like, by Darth Plagueis for the purpose of being a Sith, always yeah, from the beginning, yeah. so that implies that he would never have had a chance, and Palpatine yeah. is manipulating that all of these so events. That's sad that he was just, he was destined to be like a slave, no matter what. Yeah. First, a slave uh, of the dark side. Yeah, and to the Jedi. Always, yeah. Just always a suffering. Slave. It's, it's like, you know, it comes back to real life, and like, depression almost you just got this shroud of darkness over you no matter what he's got a, he's that got you a, can't get rid of that's it he's he's imprisoned yeah. externally and internally in his mind as well mm. and it's like when i said in in our retrospective right at the beginning i said that anakin is only ever free once he becomes one with the force and return of the jedi yeah that's the first time he gets freedom so with his sad. death and um, that's all in here, all in this film. All those themes are set up really nicely. Yeah, they're there, but for some reason, I don't know. I don't know what happens. It's just, it's the film is boring to watch, but it shouldn't be. Like the way we're talking about it now, you'd think we were talking about a character study. Mm. I think what I think happened? So a lot of Hayden's acting was actually really good in it, you know. But I think people really? people just for some reason decide to remember the negatives about Attack of the Clones because you know. Obviously, let's be honest. It is most of it is rubbish, but it still doesn't mean you should sort of dismiss it, you know, and put it on the shelf. And yeah, I think going back to Anakin and Padme's sort of love as well. That's like that's so important as you know to the trilogy as well. Hugely and important. I think Padme is with some of the quotes that she came out of. You know, when she's speaking to Anakin about, you know, you're not all pa- you're not all powerful. I should be. You know, there's some things that you can't fix. Mm-hmm. Things like that, I think, make her arguably the most important character apart from Shmi in the movie as well. Because, well, I mean, Padme is the catalyst for his transformation into Darth Vader. Yeah. So she is um, pivotal to the to the 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 um, the prequel trilogy, mm. and she's also the one to say that there's still good in him when he does transform. Yeah. Which is something that Luke also feels later on down the line. Um. It is it is really important, but they just didn't. It's the script, man. It's the goddamn script. That's what I yeah. said with Phantom Menace. The story is fantastic. Mm. Script is terrible. That's what it comes down to. George, either he had too many yes men around him, or he wasn't a good scriptwriter to begin with. I don't know. He's amazing at story, obviously. I mean, he created this mm. whole universe, and everything in it is down to him. Yeah. But he should just give the scripts to somebody else. Like he did with Empire and um, and Jedi. Is that what he did? Yeah. So he came up with a story and told them the do's and don'ts, and this yeah. is how it has to happen. But the dialogue was written by somebody else. Oh wow. Um. So yeah, that's what he should have done with these prequels, really, especially this one as well. This is the second act, so this uh, this is just as important as Revenge of the Sith. And it does lead up to it quite nicely. I mean, it's not—it's nowhere near as disjointed as the sequels, mm-hmm. where you can tell it's two different creative people trying to pull it one way and the other one's trying to pull it another way. George Lucas is ramping up to Revenge of the Sith quite nicely through Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. Yeah. And Palpatine's plan again in this. We see a lot of it. And it's 
it's actually expertly crafted. I think it was a really... I don't think we give this trilogy enough credit in a way, again, trying to sort of be positive, because imagine what a tough job it is, knowing what you're leading up to, knowing what the, the end of three is going to be resulting in, you know, Vader and Palpatine standing there looking over at the Death Star. Mm. And it's like, you know, having to spread that out you know what you know what's going to happen in three, but you know how is how is one gonna how's it all gonna begin? You know meeting. You know we meet Anakin Skywalker, and then the one in the middle. What really what what do you need in that? <clears throat> what do you what are the requirements? What would what would you what would you have done differently? Um, not much to be honest. What I would have done, I would have kept. Of see the thing is, I would have kept a lot everything that was in there. Yeah. But it's just the way it's structured is not right, and the way it's just written is not right. Mm. So the actual scenarios they create in the film are wonderful, but it's how they unfold. That's the issue. It comes down to a lot of different things. I mean, it comes down to performances as well. Like, I don't blame the actors because they had to say some really shitty dialogue. Yeah. Um, Obviously, some of them are talented enough to act past it, like Ian McDermott or Ewan McGregor. But obviously, Hayden wasn't a skilled enough actor. He was very young at that point as well. I think he was like 19. Yeah. Um, so he was told to act a certain way and deliver this horrible dialogue. So, I mean, you can't really fault blame him. Fault him. Um, th- 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 there's not actually a lot I would have done differently. Like the Padme stuff is really important and the Shmi stuff and it's great in setting up the third one. Hmm. And I love this whole thing about the reason he turned bad at the end was because he loved too much. Hmm. And that's interesting because in this, what was he saying? Was I wish I could remember his quotes about. I was like, like no attachment, no. Yeah. That. Oh yes. When he was basically say, stating the rules to Padme, she was like saying, you know, for for a Jedi, you show an awful lot of sort of love and passion, sort of thing. Yeah. Um. He goes unconditional love. Yeah. Is central to He's a Jedi. Justifying, basically, showing love. Yeah. So he's saying possession is forbidden, hmm. um, but unconditional love is central to a Jedi's life. And he says, so you might say that we are encouraged to love. Yes. But obviously, he cannot love her. He doesn't love her selflessly, if that makes sense. He hmm. is possessive about her. Yeah. That's the problem. Hmm. Um, so that's where his perception of that kind of mantra is kind of skewed. And that obviously that's what leads him down the dark path. Um, but yeah, that, see, that's, that's the intriguing thing with this. There's not much I would change. Hmm. You do need it. Yeah. It's just done. That's it's just how done I badly. feel as well. I don't know. I, you know, you complain about it, but you don't know if someone said, well, "What would you change then? What would you do?" It's like I don't, I don't really know, because I don't know what that middle film sort of needs to lead up really it needed a well done romance that's what it needed and I, I don't think there should have just been like you know episode one and three like two films I think a trilogy is you know great but yeah I don't know what you put in in the middle one really what it is is like I've always said actually that you can you can skip one and two episode one and two you can skip mm. it yeah. you can start off from Revenge of the Sith and know everything you have to know about Anakin mm. and his relationship with Padme his relationship to the Jedi his relationship to Palpatine mm. you actually don't need the first two installments no that's what they could have put in this one more actually like more interaction between Hayden and Ian 
Uh, Palpatine, yeah. Leading up to... There's one scene, I think, really. that's it. Because in the first one, at the end of it, he's like, you know, we'll watch your career with great interest or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then it's kind of like, that's interesting. But then he just kind of, yeah, leaves him to his own devices in two, doesn't he? Yeah. I would have given him more scenes with Obi-Wan as well, because we don't see their relationship yeah. a lot. And in this one, I feel where they drop the ball here is that there's always, they're always bickering a lot and always arguing and at each other's throats. Mm. Like when you watch um, A New Hope and Obi-Wan describes Anakin as he was a good friend, there's only one time we see that, and it's in the first half of Revenge of the Sith. But by then, he's torn anyway. Mm. Episode 2 was the one to show that relationship between them, that they were good friends. But all you just see is in this film is tension, and I think they ruined Anakin's character by having him be either too dark most of the time, or creepy. Yeah. Um, seriously, I don't know how she fell in love with him, because... He was like a creepy-ass stalker in this. Yeah. Um, but I feel like we needed to see more of the good guy of Anakin in this, and I think that's its major failing as well. Yeah, especially we... since, you know, it hits a downer, downward spiral in three, doesn't it? It just keeps going, obviously, down down until he's yeah. as low as you can go. But um... Because you, could, you only see what everyone was talking about in A New Hope, mm. that the good guy, the friend that he had... You only see that in kind of the first 20 minutes of Revenge of the Sith. Mm. This was the one where you needed to see it, and we don't see that, and that's that's a, that's a massive issue. Instead, we sort of see, like, proof that Obi-Wan is, like, still too young and couldn't handle mm-hmm. having, like, an apprentice, because you couldn't imagine that happening between Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan, could you? Oh, no, definitely not. It may be sort of like Miss Liam in this one, actually. Like, thinking, like, you know, what would he do? What would he have done? You did bring Liam up a couple of times, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, there was a. I there used was to be able to let go of him and think, yeah, no, it's fine. He's, you know, easy to forget because he was only in one. Um, actually, you know what? Watching this, I really felt his absence. Yeah. I really did. And I, I didn't really think about that before, but I think that's probably what's wrong with this film as well, is that we're missing Qui-Gon Jinn. That's what we're missing we, his absence. We should have put him in like the corner, the left <laughs> corner, like like faded out a little bit. Okay, it's not that important. No. Although you do hear him in this when Anakin's killing the Tuscan Raiders, you hear him saying, telling Anakin to stop. Oh yeah, that was intriguing. Yeah, I liked that. Um, He's like, Anakin, that yeah. was good. Um, yeah, and oh, before oh, we I, forget, yeah, carry on. the CGI. Yes. Major downgrade from Phantom Menace, was it? Yes, not? I don't understand why or how. That's so, it's all, it's all bloody green screen, isn't it? Because yeah. in Phantom Menace, at least, I think they were mostly going to real locations and still building everything. Yeah, and the only good parts of this was when they were at what looked to be real locations, like Naboo or Tatooine, and Italy. Italy was Naboo. Yeah, yeah, um, but when they're on Coruscant or Geonosis. It looks like PS2 yeah. cutscenes. Yeah. There's one point, I think it's when the Clone Wars is beginning, you see that massive um, battle between the Trade Federation and um, and uh, and the Clone Troopers, which we skipped over, but that is literally... Okay. I wouldn't, I can't remember that unless I've seen it. I mean, you could but be yeah. watching Halo. Yeah. It's, it's horrendous. Wow. And that is why I believe the originals still look amazing because it was all hand-built. Mm. And it still looks great today. 
this so that's that's four years old and now Attack of the Clones is what? Not even twenty, nearly twenty. Eighteen years old and it looks terrible already. Mm. Just shows CGI can only get you so far. Yeah, I don't. That's true. I think they could have. There's so much they could have cut out of this one. And you know when he's slaughtering on um, Tatooine, I, th- I would have liked to have seen more of that as well. Like again, going back to like the character study and what I personally appreciate. If I could have changed something about this movie, I would have wanted to have seen more of that, more mm-hmm. more of Anakin, and what sort of like yeah, what triggers him if you like to edge start edging towards the dark side. Uh, a good way to look at it actually is that this needed to do um, for Anakin what Empire Strikes Back did for Luke. Yeah. Because we see Luke really, really tested in Empire and we see his growth. Mm. Here Anakin is just perpetually whining through the whole thing. Yeah. And aside from that <laughs> scene with Shmi and then the following scene with Padme where he's talking about how he slaughtered everyone. Mm. <sighs> There's no. nothing. No, nothing. No really. development. No. And yeah, development's exactly what I personally would would like to see in in this trilogy. Like being mm. being a fan of like character study. Like I don't need anything else going on. Really. Yeah. I mean, now looking back at it, would you still rate it above the Phantom Menace, or has it gone down in your estimation? I know I made a mistake. Phantom Menace <laughs> would go above it because, yeah, there's more. There's more in. There's more highlights in that. You know, there is. I, I I really like Liam Neeson in it, and as I said in the Phantom Menace review, like I feel like he's kind of like a big fish in a small pond in that movie. Yeah, and a bit. It's a bit degrading seeing him. Less him, but he's he's he works wonders with that role. So like, there's him, and there's obviously. The actress that plays Shmi Skywalker, like all, mm. she's amazing. All her scenes, I think, are amazing. And I think, um, what's his face, Anakin, little Anakin, Jake Lloyd. Yeah, and I think I think Jake is that does like a better job than you know people give him credit for as well, considering his age. I think he's better in that than Hayden is in this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Hayden's. I think he's fantastic in Revenge of the Sith. Thinking that his performance almost verges on genius might be a bit. But not a too lot high of people, That is quite controversial, isn't it? I agree with that, but mm-hmm. it is controversial because people just think of Hayden again, like you know, focusing on the negatives in people, that people tend to do in this trilogy. Hayden's just like thought of as a whiny little schoolboy bitch all the way through. Mm-hmm. I don't think he. No, should. I know, think his performance we... changes magnificently in uh, mm. in Revenge of the Sith. I think he's way above what he's doing in Attack of the Clones. Mm. Um, actually something interesting you just said people focus on the negatives uh, about this film and the predecessor as well that's what um, Obi-Wan said in this that's film. what Obi-Wan says in this film you're yeah. focusing on the negative be mindful yeah. of your thoughts yes. and again another uh, uh, a lesson that's carrying through from Phantom Menace to this one and then obviously to the next one Yes. it's all about positive thinking guys it's a little hidden message there You know, go back and watch it before you, before you slay it or before you think you know how you remember it, go and watch it again. I love how you say that, yet you just admitted you couldn't get through it. I won't be watching it again, but like, (laughs) I urge people to go back and 
go yeah. people yeah look no, back at people it. really do you know don't people dismiss the prequels you know go and see the shmi scenes you know go and take that's what i want people to do just take what you can out of this trilogy don't just you know don't just dismiss it don't just i mean you could throw it in the basement and yeah yeah um very quickly i think one last point we should talk about is the villain yes now i said one of the reasons I preferred the Phantom Menace was because of a much stronger villain in Darth Maul, mm. even though he didn't do anything but fight. Now, I prefer Christopher Lee than Darth Maul. You do, yeah. and I can see why. Personally, I, I, I <laughs> this is going to sound really childish, but when it comes to Star Wars villains, I like a bit of theatricality. Yeah. So, like, the makeup and everything. I like the makeup, and I like the kind of, their over-the-topness, mm. um, which Darth Maul definitely has. Palpatine, obviously, Darth Vader. Dooku is about as eccentric as a dead fish. As a loaf of bread, yeah. Yes, uh, <laughs> I love that. But, uh, Dooku, the loaf of bread. <laughs> but actually, you said something quite true which is that he is very complex yeah he's, there's not a out and out villain in this movie is there really no because he really isn't i don't think he even counts himself as a sith lord mm. when he tells obi-wan because he, he obviously like we mentioned he tells him the whole plot yeah um what darth sidious is doing and after he says that he then says join me and together we will destroy the sith yeah and I don't feel like that's a ploy to try and turn Obi-Wan over to the dark side. I feel like he generally no. wants to get rid of Darth Sidious. Yeah. But have the politics. He wants to destroy his master. And I feel like, do you know what? I feel like, interestingly, I think Palpatine senses that because that's why he's so not reluctant to be like, spare him. He's in the third one. We'll get onto it eventually. Be like, Anakin, kill him, get rid of him. And he does. Mm-hmm. So maybe Sidious sensed that. I mean, Dooku was a politician, so yeah. I think Palpatine just used him yeah. um, as a placeholder for that Clone Wars period. Yeah. So he could he could manipulate because Dooku was great at manipulating situations like that, and uh, kind of he was kind of conversing with the uh, the separatists. Yeah. And um, so Palpatine, I think, needed him for the political agenda. Mm. Um, he knew by that point that he was going to take Anakin as Darth Vader. That was the ultimate goal. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think it's interesting that Dooku, he, he sh- I think he just shares the same political I- ideals as Palpatine, but he de- he, he definitely isn't a Sith. No. I, I think he's just done that to appease him for the time being, yeah. plans to overthrow him. Yeah. Um, so he still has dark side tendencies, obviously, because that's still betrayal, but he's a bit more complex and not a, mm. an out-and-out bad guy. Absolutely. Um, and very much... Like Qui Gon, in fact. Yeah, Qui Gon would have. He's a dark Qui Gon. Yeah. That's the thing you were saying, which is interesting. Would Qui Gon have joined Dooku? Because he, he pretty much says it, doesn't he, Dooku? He's like, um, no, Qui Gon agreed, pretty much agreed with everything that I said. Yeah, he knew about the corruption in the Senate. Yeah, and in the first one, even Yoda said like he was, he was a bit oh, what's disobedient. Yeah, in the first one. So like Qui Gon had, you know, wasn't. But then we were saying in the first, in our first review, that Qui Gon had similarities to Luke and was quite pure. 
but then he but then he didn't as well. Like, and it makes me think: Is there a perfect Jedi? I mean, Luke is. I think Luke is the perfect Luke, Jedi. Luke is the perfect Jedi, isn't he? But yeah. um, I loved Qui Gon, but no, he wasn't. He wasn't at all. I think Jedi. when you look at the Phantom Menace, just as the fan, like just look at that film, mm. Qui Gon can be seen as like a Luke Skywalker mm. um, type figure. But in this film, it's revealed that he had connections to Count Dooku, who then strayed to the dark side. Because he would again ahead of the curve like Qui Gon was, so I think that was kind of what grazed up Qui Gon's character. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. See, there there is there is fascinating elements mm. in there. Yeah, there right. is also one with this, the the Cipher Diaz plot as well, which yes. goes nowhere though. Oh yeah. So that's the one interesting plot point this film had. <laughs> it doesn't go anywhere. Um, yeah, so Cipher Diaz has been dead for ten years. And it's like, oh, who was he? Maybe he was in the Phantom Menace, or you know, yeah. Maybe who is this going to be? Someone we know, but it's 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 not, and it doesn't go anywhere. Hmm. Um, I think again, episode one, and episode two. I think you got to look at them as a necessity for seeing how Palpatine's plans unfold and how he orchestrates everything. Yeah, because that's the seen... one thing you can take away from both. Yeah. I enjoyed seeing him at the end of this movie, though. I didn't, I didn't expect to see. I, well, I expected to see obviously Ian and Palpatine, but not Sidious. As not like. Sidious, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I forgot that. So that was refreshing. Yeah, he's always great. Right. Yeah. Whenever he's on screen, that's great. But, that was um, it. Yeah. Um, but that's why I'd argue, like for Anakin, really, you don't need to see Episode One and Two. You can just watch Three. Hmm. And be satisfied as that as a prequel to the original trilogy. Mm. Um, if you're going to be looking at one and two, you're just going to be watching it to see the genius of Palpatine's plan. I think that's what it kind of comes down to. Yeah, and they say I would urge people to watch watch one for the um, yeah the shmi and um, the shmi scene. <laughs> the shmi scene. The shmi. And I would urge people to watch two because that scene where she dies, oh, it's just it's it's so sad. When she's like, when she can't say I love you, she wants to say I love you, but she dies before she does. Yeah. And she says, um, she says like, oh, you know, Anakin, is that you? Look, you know, look how handsome. Looks so handsome. Yeah, you know, look so handsome. And it's just like, oh my god, it's actually that's hard. That's painful. And again, it makes the Phantom Menace a bit more emotional now. Yeah. After seeing Attack of the Clones, knowing yeah. what's going to happen so when they separate. So you need to, you need to still see it. For those scenes, yeah. 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 But um, otherwise, there's not much in here. And you know what? I can't believe I'm about to say this, but I think The Last Jedi would be an easier sit than this. Yeah. I, I would watch more of that than this. Because the the Luke, yeah, the Luke and Ray scenes are amazing. I think, Any scene with Luke. I think I would as well. I think it's hard to explain, but a lot of it, a lot of it is crap. But what I can, there's not a lot in it, mm. but the small part of it that I can take from it is big enough. Satisfies you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, them, like, maybe two scenes in Attack of the Clones do more for me personally than any scene in The Last Jedi. Sure. So I'd rather watch them, but yeah, I, th- I, I think sadly The Last Jedi would be would be an easier sit as well. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Wow. So that's, that's a... pretty much our review. 
that is that's that's unless you've got anything else to say no no not at all um no. i feel but... kind of i feel kind of sad actually that your opinion because you used to like wholeheartedly admit that you really enjoyed this film not, and I feel not, like now not overall not overall not overall but you, you but had like, an affinity for it didn't you, but I, st- you... I still think it's i still think it's really important and i still think you really need to and you know, you can. It's just about it's about taking what you can from an experience. You know, if something's if the majority of something is crap, but you can take something small from it that can still have a big influence on your life, and you know, really hit home and do something for you, then that's great. And that's what I love about film. And that's what we love about films. You know, we're just constantly like trying to, you know, like a magnet, just trying to absorb what we can mm. from films to give us what we need you know it's like a it's like a food it's like a foodage that was a very jedi like response you know seeing the positive yeah and everything mm. and i think that's what episode 1 and 2 are about for us really is that's literally the themes of the films mm. and it's also kind of what you have to do to get the best out of them yeah is look for those positives that's and you it. will be surprised because there is some greatness in them yeah there is, there is, you know, you can say, you can look at the film as mostly dark, but there is, there is a light in there. There is a little diamond in the rough in there. There is, you know, if you can take a light out of it, and that's better than nothing. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, oh, that was a nicer note to end on. Yeah. Yeah. So the next one's three. Three's Revenge of the, the best one. Of the So I look forward to, prequels, yeah. yeah, so I look forward to that. Yeah. And yeah, we'd uh, people who've listened to this, thank you very much for listening. Subscribe. Um, drop us a like follow us on any of our social media and the main thing we're encouraging here is you know if you haven't watched it all the way through you don't have to because we haven't but, <laughs> but take what you can from this movie you know because there are there are a couple of hidden gems in there that are integral to the, the wonderful story of yeah. Anakin Skywalker I guess uh, just taking what we've said here and look back at it again with fresh mm. eyes and yes. perspective and hopefully you'll find something appealing in there yes that adds to the overall skywalker saga that is what we're trying to do here yeah yes. all right excellent so we'll catch you guys at revenge of the sith all right take care goodbye bye